Hello, I'm Dennis Jers, your door-to-door storyteller, and I'd like to give you a story. This story is called Pride by Nicholas Hannon. With thundering tread, the civil servant plodded down the avenue, supporting his impressive girth by the aid of his walking stick, while his free hand stroked a fat billfold in his pocket. He performed this action with relish and chuckled to himself as he did so, murmuring, Ah, my pretty ones! In fact, he became so entirely occupied with groping his wallet that he stepped out into the street at a most inopportune moment and was struck and killed by a bus. While the fleshy mass of his body lay in a crumpled, bleeding heap surrounded by a throng of increasing size, the bus driver, who was a member of the local Communist Party, alighted from his steed and scampered off to herald the news to his brothers in Marx that an appendage of the oppressive political aristocracy was slain. Meanwhile, the civil servant's soul was sprawled in an exceedingly undignified position among dirty cobblestones and flattened cigarette ends, stupefied with his first taste of death. Presently, as his senses returned and he began to comprehend the situation, a brassy blast of sousaphones rang through the air, followed by a flash of white lightning. And before the soul stood a dapper creature wearing an impeccable mustache the color of night, his lithe body swaddled in a sumptuous gold robe. The creature produced a prodigiously thick yellow envelope from somewhere, and after perusing the contents at leisure, slowly shook his gorgeous head and clicked his tongue reprovingly. Good Lord, man, you really are a devil of a fellow, aren't you? Murder, fraud, adultery, embezzlement, idolatry, gluttony, blasphemy. Why, you've committed every crime in the book, save lethargy. Astounded, the civil servant's soul attempted to deliver a scathingly venomous rebuttal, but was so much agitated by this phenomenon of biting impertinence that he succeeded only in burbling nonsensically for a time, and then stammering rather pathetically, "'What gives you the rights to so charge me?' The angel, for that is what the creature was, tut-tutted once more and said, "'You should be asking who gives me the right to charge you.' "'Who, then?' "'God. Now, how do you plead?' "'Not guilty, of course. Your employer has obviously supplied you with false information with the intention of defaming my stellar record as a civil servant for this district. No, don't apologize. You're not the first to be involved in such a nefarious scheme. My adversaries are all vastly envious of my reputation as the champion of the little man.' "'You rigged the election to acquire your position.' and have defenestrated no less than four midgets since taking office. Well, perhaps I did remunerate some foreigners to vote for me, but it was for the best. My opponent was incompetent and surely would have supported policies detrimental to the common welfare. The angel sighed wearily. I suppose that would have to suffice for a confession. Now, are you coming? Coming? Where? To heaven, of course. My employer has invited you. Say but the word, and you shall be there. 
after, of course, a rather necessary interlude in purgatory. The civil servant's soul considered the matter. Would not paradise be stifling for a man of such vigour and talent? Unless, of course, he could rise in the ranks. Will there be any elections? he asked. Uh, no. Any stentorian debates or stunning speeches? I'm afraid not. Any scapegoats for the people to fix their grievances on? There are no scapegoats and no grievances, said the angel. The civil servant's soul was quite disappointed. What will there be, then? he asked. The angel smiled musically and softly replied, Pure bliss. Is that a marketable commodity? The soul inquired. No, said the angel. It's free for everyone. Now, will you come? Sounds rather too communist, sniffed the soul with a tone of disapprobation. And far too drab, not at all exciting. It is your decision, the angel articulated solemnly. But I shall ask once more, will you come? No, no, said the soul. I see it now. It would be a very foolish decision and a complete waste of my capabilities. I shall go somewhere I am needed. The angel lent utterance to a sorrowful tut-tut and said, As you so please, I must go. A member of the local communist party was just struck and killed by a bus while crossing the street. Perhaps he will choose differently. And with a receding blare of the sousaphones, the angel departed in an automobile of flame. As the civil servant's soul was contemplating where his services might be required, there quite unexpectedly wailed the grating rumpus of a legion of poorly played violins, and as a black smog rose from the ground, there arrived another apparition, a being clad in a dark flannel suit, with a feathered fedora perched atop his greasy head. Hello, he cheerily called. Hello, said the civil servant's soul. Who are you? You may call me Old Nick, said Old Nick. Going somewhere, friend? Uh, yes, as soon as I find somewhere to go. A fellow was here a moment ago advertising for some communist commune, but naturally I turned him down. A good thing you did, said Old Nick. Those damn communists. Precisely my sentiments, the soul agreed. Such a corporation may be fit for crass common men, but certainly not for a politician as gifted as I. You're a politician, are you? And old Nick cracked his knuckles. I am of no mean reputation either. They call me the champion of the little man. I'm sure they do. And old Nick grinned curiously. A congenial silence then descended upon the pair. The civil servant's soul was warming up, so to speak, to this old Nick character. He seemed a thoroughly wholesome chap thus far. His only perceivable defect was the violent and regular manner in which he 
gnashed his teeth and licked his split lips. But most people had their idiosyncrasies, and the soul soon forgot to notice. Say, Old Nick cried abruptly, why don't you come with me? Will there be other politicians to campaign against? There are plenty of politicians, Old Nick shrieked with laughter. Will there be loud speeches and debates? It shall be loud, certainly. Now, will you come? The civil servant's soul gazed into the eager, hollow eyes of Old Nick, and after half a moment of ruminating, declared in a clear voice, It all sounds grand. Let us leave at once. And the two walked off, arm in arm, the soul only slightly confused and discomfited by Old Nick's maniacal giggling. You just listened to Pride by Nicholas Hammond, read to you by your door-to-door storyteller, Dennis Jers. Thank you for listening. Used by We Are One Body Audio Theatre, with the permission of the licensor, granted under a copyrighted license agreement. A production of We Are One Body Audio Theatre.